Anime Pulse, episode 531. Joseph here, back again with a new exciting episode of Anime Pulse, this time with wireless headphones. Ooh. Yes, Bluetooth magic. I don't, what wizardry is this? Yes, I don't need to worry about cords. I don't have to worry about the fact that the left and right audio didn't seem to be coming in equally. I now mm-hmm. have regularly... Regularly working headphones that have no cord, and I'm still getting used to because they, if there's no sound coming to them for a while, they'll like kind of turn off. So. Oh, okay. It's so like a automatic feature. Kind of. Are they the buds, or are they like a still like a full on set that you put over your head? Full on set, because they have to be uh, noise canceling at the same uh, time. Because okay. I don't want yeah, any. Yeah, I don't want any audio leaking out and creating any feedback loop. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And of course, I'm enjoying today's episode with a refreshing glass of uh, of uh, of a plum wine. I forget what's uh, forget what it was called. Oh, uh, Choya Umeshu. Oh, so it's Japanese brand. Yep. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I've I've got a. Oh, sorry. No, no. It's it. This one is actually has the the plums in it still. They they sit at oh. the bottom. So after you're done drinking mm. it, you can eat the plums and and mm. man, they are they are alcoholic. Ah okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a good cherry on top actually. That's really nice. Or a, a plum, plum on top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, on my end, I've got a just a, a nice little cup of tea first to start off with, and then um then I'm gonna move on to a Budweiser I've got sitting next to that. So oh. Bit more simple today. Tea and Budweiser, what an interesting combination. <laughs> yeah. One right. wakes you up and then the other one does something else, I guess. But yeah, you probably move on. Okay, I guess then we can go right into our IRL news. And since you went last week, I'll start this week. Uh, let's see. Really, it was a pretty okay week, kind of calm for the most part. Uh, 
Halloween came and went. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. really crazy happened. Uh, yep. I have been applying or trying to apply for a loan to get a new computer because this one's kind of a little bit slow it is 11 years old but uh i wasn't able to do that because my income to debt ratio is too high so uh, basically that means is that even though i have more than enough money to pay off such a loan like Mm -hmm. even more so than if they were to if they were to do like a two-year um repayment plan i could pay it off Mm -hmm. easily even if they yeah. did a an 18 month repayment plan i could still pay it off easily problem is okay. that they factor in things you're not paying on like my student loan from college which may eventually be forgiven entirely because with the way new york state is going they're just kind of like you know what you've lived in new york state long enough we forgive your loan <laughs> that's the way new york state's going which is nice because even wow, though it's only nice, like seventeen thousand yeah. dollars, it's still seventeen thousand dollars. I'd rather, you know, focus towards the future on instead of repaying my past. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't really should be hamstringed by that, you know, like held back by something that you use to actually you need to. Something people need these sort of degrees to kind of get forward and get anywhere in life to begin with. So yeah, it's not a really good way to start off. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is nice. And it's a plan of Governor Cuomo's, which I'm a little worried about since he's not going to be running for governor again. This is his last Mm -hmm. term. After he's gone, someone else will replace him. And whether or not that program will still stick around, I don't know. All I know is that uh, I haven't had to touch paying on it since I graduated in 2000 and... uh, What was it? 2012? 2012. Oh, okay. So five years back. Um, does it work similar to the way it works here, where you it's like you only get pay, uh, you only start paying it when you earn over a certain amount, or no? For here, it's you're allowed to defer it a certain number of years. I think it's a maximum. I thought it was a maximum of four years, but I guess not, because uh, I've been able to continually defer it, and that's what I'm going to keep doing until I can't. And basically, after that, you can apply for an income-based repayment plan where the payments that are taken out of your bank account will be based upon how much money you're earning and how much money you're spending to live. Mm-hmm. So basically, it won't like charge you $500 a month for it. It will be like, oh, okay, so you're paying this and this and this for this every week, and you have to pay this this week and this this week. So during the third week, we'll charge you the same amount you're paying for your car loan or something like that, or how much you're paying for your insurance for your car. That's good. So it is reasonable. They look at it and based on your sort of scenario, how fast you have to pay it back. Right. And I, yeah, you know, I would like to start paying on it at some point. It's roughly about the amount of money I spent on getting a... Uh, car loan. In fact, I'll be paying off my car loan in a little under three years. So mm-hmm. that's good. And yeah. that's at my current rate of pay, which my, uh, as my supervisor has said, that I may be getting another raise come December when my year or my six month review comes up. Ooh, winner, winner. Yes. Best of luck on that. Chicken dinner. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
but uh, we'll see. Um, I don't want to get out my hopes too much. I've been doing really well at my job, and I've been climbing the success ladder. I'd rather not fall down too many rungs mm. by making a silly mistake because I'm getting complacent. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Always yeah. moving forward, but uh, yeah. yeah. Even if you do stumble upon some, if stumble uh, on like a block, you know, it's just about bouncing back as quickly as possible and just learning from them. You know, exactly. It's always a learning process. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. I have some cooking to do later today. I'll actually be making some sloppy joes for the first time in forever. Ah, sloppy joes. I've heard of this dish. We don't get them over here. What exactly is a sloppy joe? Sloppy joe is basically, if you're going to go by the original standard, it's ground beef with mm-hmm. the sloppy joe mixture. After you cook the ground beef, you throw in the sloppy joe mixture, which is kind of like a marinara sauce but um, or a tomato sauce, but it has certain spices to it that give it the sloppy joe flavor. And mm. they're kind of like a sweet and tangy taste to it. Then you throw them between two hamburger buns and you enjoy. Uh, we mm. don't have hamburger buns and we don't have ground beef. I'm going with lean ground turkey. And we have mm-hmm. the we do have the uh, Sloppy Joe's original sauce, so I have that. And then I'll be putting it between toast, uh, specifically wheat bread. Or I could put it between bagels, mm. but I'm going to go with toast. So okay. that's what I'll be eating for dinner later, which I'm looking forward to immensely because mm. I haven't had Sloppy Joe's in forever. And my mother bought me a uh, she brought me a can of Sloppy Joe's. When she came out to visit in uh, in August, ah, mm-hmm. it's good that you know, no matter how long you stay apart, um, mums always seem to know what you need, you know, or what, yeah. you, what you'll crave at one point. Which I I do enjoy her cooking, and I do miss it because every day when I was a kid, I could come home and there'd be a nice meal waiting for me, and I never appreciated how much effort oh, yeah. and in you know time it took to make that meal and then when i'd come home and be like ugh, potatoes again mom come on mm-hmm. and then i'd just go to my room and i'd eat some bag of chips or something you know it, yeah it, it was never never great or then i ate too much when i was a kid too which is why i've put on mm-hmm. a little bit of a tummy um i would just eat and eat and eat and now as i get older it's like i'll, I'll into, you know maybe maybe for dessert i'll have one ice cream bar one cookie you know for for my dinner maybe i'll have you know a bowl of soup back in the day i'd have a bowl of soup i'd have 10 cookies for dessert i'd have a you know half a tub of ice cream i'd have uh two hamburgers with cheese and all the toppings i just Mm -hmm. ate and ate and ate Uh, Mm -hmm. high school and middle school were a lot of stress and that's how i coped I also reckon that because you were probably growing, your body probably required all that, you know, that meat and protein to probably grow. Because, you you know, you say you've got quite long, thick legs, so it's probably for growing as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have long arms and long legs, and I am a tall person mm-hmm. at six foot two. But so there we go. the weight is still too much on me. Right now, I weigh roughly 240 pounds, which is yeah. about 40 pounds more than I should weigh. In fact... If I was going to buy the uh, the BMI ideal weight or average mm-hmm. weight, quote, quote, clang, clang, 
I would be 180 pounds, but 180 pounds to me is too skinny. I would not want to weigh that much, you know, on my deathbed. I'd much prefer to weigh 200 pounds and keep it there. You know, mm. little, little I'm extra. not very good with the whole pounds thing. Uh, do, do you know what that is in stones? Actually, no, I'll just Google that at the same time. Well, how, many, how many is 180, you see? Yeah, because we measure things in stones here. So 180 pounds, you see? Yeah, 180 pounds of stones. That's 12.8 stones. Okay. Well, no, that's really light. That's pretty light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, and that's that's the recommended BMI. That's the recommended BMI according to the National Food or and Drug Administration Bureau. Uh, at 200 pounds, I would weigh 14 stones. That seems a bit more reasonable. I think. Yeah, that's that's more of a reasonable amount. Not to mention that you know. Like, BMI has to be taken with a grain of salt because, you know, it goes with your weight, which, you know, if you think about it, especially since you go to the gym, uh, muscle is heavier than fat, so... Exactly, and I do think that, um, especially it's, like, different for every single person because on the BMI as I currently am, I'm obese, but I don't look Mm. like an obese person. In fact, most people, when they see me all dressed up for work, you know, they're like, you're not fat. What are you talking about? You look fine. That's because mm-hmm. they're seeing like my neck, my arms, and my legs, and none mm-hmm. of that looks fat. But you know, when I strip down my skimmies, I definitely it's like whoa. Okay, that's where all the fat is. It's all around mm-hmm. the uh, stomach and the the butt and the chest. I do reckon it is harder for a tall for like a a, t- a person of tall stature to actually look as overweight as somebody who's like let's say short and a bit more fat. You know. Oh yeah, it definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. you know, thank goodness for my my good graces that I'm so tall. Otherwise, I would yeah. actually look obese, but I don't look obese, which I am very happy for. I would, mm. however, like to be able to look in the mirror someday and not, you know, like click my tongue at uh, the mm. the tubs that surround me and the tubes and the tires and the the extra blubber. That I just don't need because we're not in a winter apocalypse where I need to survive like some caveman or walrus or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's uh, at least at least you can work on that without the social pressures of like you know <laughs> you know people actually really noticing it as much because like you know people yes. seeing you in your suit and they say yeah you look fine but mm-hmm. it's just your own sort of project instead of it being like oh I got to do it otherwise you know Louise will keep giving me that stare. Yeah, I definitely. Definitely have come to, and I do think that when you're at the weight I am, you appreciate people who are also at that weight, men and women, and you're like, mm-hmm. you're a big guy or a big girl like me. We can get along. And then you see the <laughs> people who are like, you know, like, you know, 170, 160 pounds, and they think that they're fat and they're anorexic and they're puking their brains every time they eat a meal. And it's like, what is wrong with you? Oh, that's that. Yeah, that's a disorder. I think when it gets to that point, if they're puking as well, and yeah, yeah. I think that's something they need to get help for. Actually, yeah. But some people just think that's a normal. Yeah, um, multiple factors could be the case, but yeah, I've not really met anybody who's like that. Usually, already around. At least in Scotland, um, you know where I'm from, we have a quite a large, uh, more of an obesity problem in general than than we do a anorexic problem. Ah. I guess. Yeah, America's got that skew where it's the richer you are, the more anorexic you become, or the um, uh, and the poorer you are, the fatter you become for some reason. Hmm. Maybe it's because maybe like the you know if you're rich, perhaps you have more time. You have more time to prepare like fresh foods and able to like 
bit more organic foods whilst like if if you're if you're poor you have lesser time so you're more likely to go to the chippy or go to like fast foods places you know i can agree with that i mean rich uh rich people people of a higher standard of wealth uh definitely have the money to spend on those quote-unquote organic all natural Mm -hmm. foods you know you go out and you buy a you know a bushel of apples you could buy like 150 bags of chips for that same price yeah Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just it's it's also like a time thing as well. And when you go to like Michelin star restaurants, like those really high class ones, you know, you look up Master Chef on TV, like the really fancy foods, they look like they're small, like measured amounts of just really high class foods. They don't look like they're too much or too low. Almost like they've counted every calorie that went in. So yeah, yeah. So well, other than that, oh, well. I did buy one thing on Saturday because while I wasn't able to get the loan I did go and make another appointment for my eye doctor so I have my dentist and my eye doctor set up for at the end of December so mm-hmm. huzzah for that now I have two appointments and I no longer need to worry about setting those up uh, but yeah. I have I did go and I cleaned out my car I vacuumed it got a car wash which doesn't look great because they had a lot of people in that day, so they kind of push you through um, a little bit faster. They don't really... Uh, the car wash itself is good because it's a Hoffman's car wash, and it's one of those automated, you put your car on the wheel, the guys you, you get your money to, and then you just go on through, and it does all the work in the car wash, and you come out the other side. And um, I wipe my car down with some uh, microfiber cloths to get rid of all the extra water, However, it just, at the same time, um, the front of the car doesn't really get seen to that much because they're pushing you through as quickly as possible. Um, Mm. But I was able to also stop over at GameStop on Friday, and I picked up the Fractured Butthole. What? Is that a game? Yeah, the new South Park game. Oh, right, okay, yeah, right. Yeah, because... That all makes sense, right, Uh uh-huh. I kind of gotten a little tired of Overwatch. I think I've burned myself out by playing Junkenstein's Revenge so much. So mm-hmm. I'm taking a little bit of time off from that, and I'm going to be going and doing the Fractured But Whole and playing that for a bit. Uh, yeah. At the same time, I also am still playing Fire Emblem Heroes, which the Halloween event, I was able to nab the Sakura and Henry characters. Mm. Lucky. Yes, I got the Neko mm-hmm. and the Vampire. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I I also got Henry, but I didn't. I did not get Sakura. I've um, I got Henry and Jacob currently. Ah. So Jacob being the Frankenstein guy. Mm-hmm. I was able to get Olivia before the performing arts, uh, ah. thing ended. So I got a five star Olivia, and I also got my five star five star Tharsha. Did you upgrade that yourself? Or? Yes. She was a silver yeah. that I put some time into. Her IVs, um, I didn't really care about. All I really wanted was the five-star. So I got the five-star Tharsha. Yay! Yeah. I guess the IVs don't really matter in the long run, because, I mean, with the characters you're going to keep, eventually, if you were taking them seriously, you'd have to go for plus characters anyway. So oh, yeah. You'd, presum- you'd presumably need to have another five-star Tharsha before you even thought about that. So, yeah, exactly. the IVs don't really matter for now. Mm-hmm. So I have that, and that's good for now. Um, In fact, playing that actually got me back into wanting to play Awakening again, so I've actually gone back and loaded up Awakening, and I'm playing that during my lunch hours at work. 
Ah, good. Mm -hmm. Yep. Is it what you remembered it? As good as you remember? Oh, it's still still as good as I remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, how, how, what about the Tempest Trials, by the way? Have you been... That's ending in a, that's ending like after today actually. So, Tempest Trials. Yeah, the current Tempest Trials that's going on during a, on Heroes at the moment, where um, you can get Arden like a general character. I think it's I think it's worldwide. It's like an event, Tempest Trials and battles. Oh no! I sometimes I don't really pay attention to those. That's the uh, the upper ah. yeah, right up, hand upper left one. Yeah, upper yeah. left. Mm -hmm. Oh, the yeah, swirly the, pool? The, the little, yeah, the swirly pool. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I've never go there. Oh, okay. okay. I go to the mm -hmm. upper right-hand one where it's like the challenges and mm -hmm. you can earn characters that way. But mm -hmm. I don't ever really go to the, the, the Tempest Trials and try to earn those characters because a lot of times they're just characters I don't really care for. Oh, uh, yeah, well, this time I, I don't think you'd really care about these characters, especially when they're, um, it's focused on a game that never released outside of Japan, as mm. far as I know. Um, I I just kind of like the guy because he is um he kind they purposely made his art very unanime like like he looks kind of realistic ish except for the green hair of course mm -hmm. but it's it's he sort of comes across like the Abigail of this game uh, from Street Fighter so he's supposed to be that kind of ugly lumbering giant character so I kind of like that but I mean like for other benefits you can actually go and aim for um like at least the early tier rewards are like free orbs at once so if you ever are strapped for orbs and stuff it's a good way of getting some extra ones at least uh, if that interests you hmm. um, but yeah also just the arena I guess is another way of just kind of getting those feathers and some orbs if you rank up in the seasons do you, speaking of which do you do the arena then? Uh, no I don't really fight other characters Ah, okay. or other people um, I just I got into the game specifically because I was like, oh, you can get characters that you really liked in the other games, and it's supposed to be a nice turn-based time waster, and I got into yeah. it, and I'm like, oh, it's, it is good, and there is really no reason to buy anything because the microtransactions for the orbs is really pointless because you're paying yeah, way too it's... much for mm -hmm. way too little. Mm. Yeah, exactly. The, the pricing for 20 orbs is a bit, it's a bit extortionate, over 10 pounds over here for, uh, for 20 orbs. Yeah, I'm only really going to spend twenty at once uh, for the orbs. Yeah, and all um, the so yeah. all the orbs I've been getting, and all the mm -hmm. five star characters have just been from grinding in the game, or from like here's five free yeah. orbs, and it's like all right, I'll go check it out, and then yeah. it's like summon. Oh, here's the one. Here's the Neko character. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. I'm never going to use yeah, her, but I'll take it. That's pretty lucky. Wait, oh, so you didn't want Sakura? Nah, I'm not. I'm really not interested in any of the characters that were. There, I mean, it's oh. like, oh, she's cute. She has a nice art style to her, and she has like voice lines that match her character portrait. But at the same time, it's like, meh. You know, maybe if they had uh, Cordelia or if they had Tharja in there somewhere. You know, Tharja is like a an evil witch lady or something, because that would have made sense. Mm. But nah. Oh yeah, it's a, yeah. They didn't do that with that one. Um, I guess because they already have like a wait. Do they have a wizard for that? Yeah. Oh yeah, the witch is is Naui this time. Yep. Um, Which yeah. I didn't care about um, either. Ah, okay, fair enough. Um, well, the, the they haven't really done a special event Tharja just yet, but they have done one for Cordelia, which you can, yep. the only special event version of her is the bride one, yeah. I believe. So, I guess the only reason to really spend the orbs is if like there's one day left for a banner and you really want the special event character, so you really just want that one last pull. But yeah, otherwise, like it's a game that has no ending to it anyway, really, at the moment, unless you count the story mode, which doesn't 
isn't even finished yet. So there's no rush to kind of get every character because eventually if you just keep playing, you'll get all the characters you want, theoretically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So. Well, I think that does it for my week. How about yours? Okay. All right. I'll skip over the Fire Emblem part, actually, because I was actually going to mention it too, if you didn't. Um, it's been a pretty active week physically and mentally. Started uh, some new projects at work. And the theme physically has been rackets. Um, I've been playing quite a bit of badminton over the week. And Ooh. today I was given some first lessons on both squash and table tennis. So taking up free racket sports at the moment. Sunday's going to be like a triathlon of like a racket sports, it seems to be. Because we found the most cost efficient ways to like book free courts simultaneously and just blow through them one at a time. So it'll be like badminton, squash, table tennis on Sundays. So going to be severely knackered at some points during Sundays, but hopefully that won't come across too much in the commentary. Um, uh, but yeah, apart from that, there's there's not really that much else to report on besides just working and doing physical activities. So I think I'm just going to mention uh, the forums, I guess, for now and the email I received, which I didn't cover previously. Okay. Um, so yes, uh, usually it's based on a previous episode. So, But this is the first forum post where I uh, also put a poll on because last uh, week we kept it just over an hour, and then the previous week was about two hours. So I ran a poll about how long do you like Anime Pulse episodes to be? Uh, there's only been one post, uh, one one um, vote so far, but the times that I, w- I gave out was a criteria of less than one hour, between one hour and one hour thirty. Um, the longer the better, or don't mind. Uh, if anybody has any further answers on that, feel free to still post on that, because I'm, I'm still keeping track of that but the only vote we have right now and i assume it's by zaldera because he they, he uh posted the reply on this uh <laughs> forum post uh he posted uh he voted it to be between one hour and one hour 30 which means we're kind of hitting the sweet spot most of the time so there we go um apart from that the que- the theme of this week was romantic comedies um so yeah given that we talked to well actually no you you previewed two shows that well the um Possibly two shows, like one and one and a half romantic comedy animes. Um, I asked what people thought about those, uh, you know, what they liked or disliked about them, and any examples. So, um, Zaldera responded with, um, not a big fan of rom-coms, anime or not. I've always been more of a sci-fi slash slice-of-life kind of person. My disdain for romance comedies may be something to do with my own crappy relationship status. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, and, and my response in kind of a way is like, it's sort of a, it's kind of like, it depends on how you choose to look at it sort of thing. Because actually in one regard, a really good romance is kind of like how, um, there's a guy called Digibro on YouTube that I'm paraphrasing this from when he talks about romance and animes. But it's like, a romance is really good in an anime depending on how jealous it makes you of the relationship. Like, if you watch an anime and the relationship is just so good that you're like, damn, I wish I had that then you know it's a really good relationship, and I think that kind of rings true. But on on one end, yeah, it can make you feel kind of lonely if, if you're, like, in a, you know, as he put it, crappy relationship status at that point in time. But at the same time, maybe if you're already in a relationship, it's it still works the same way, where it's like, oh, I wish my life with my girlfriend was this way, you know? So, or it could be a motivator for some people where they see a good relationship and they're like, well, I'm going to go out and try and pursue something just like this, or, you know. So I suppose it really depends on kind of your perspective when it comes to absorbing these kinds of shows, like whether it's a good romance or otherwise. But what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I 
I've always enjoyed rom-coms because that's what I got started in with anime. Is mm-hmm. I got started in with uh, with Ranma and mm-hmm, Love Hina. Mm-hmm. And those are the two mm. things that were like, this is anime. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what, but what do you what do you get out of it? You know yourself, when in terms of like that last sentence where he's like, you know, he feels that it, you know, it, it kind of reminds him of his own. It might it might be because of his own relationship status that it makes him not like it as much. But what about yourself? Like, do you what do you think about that part? I think that I have never had a real relationship before, and I probably yep. never will because I don't plan on ever dating or marrying because I don't believe in love but um when it comes down to it i think that i what i get from rom-coms is that i get the impossibility of what life could be if love actually existed because love is a fiction and in uh in a rom-com which is also fiction you can have that it can exist yeah people Mm -hmm. can be perfect and you can have the perfect the perfect love and you know the all these great things so i like watching those because it's it is showing me something that i'll never have but at the same time it's also like ah this is this is nice to indulge myself in and just and just watch and just be like this is how it should be mm. it is it is what kind of it's, it's like a nice fantasy like a nice it is a definition of like an escapism sort of feel right yeah Definitely. Yeah. That's why I like anime is because I like to escape from reality and just watch this fiction. Um, although mm. with, you know, when I get to it with my, my, uh, my uh, preview today, it's definitely contrasting that where it's like, I love it because it's so real life and very little to do with fiction. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite end of the spectrum, which also can still be a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then just moving on to... I, I did receive an email. Uh, I got it actually before last week's recording, but I, we were kind of stressed for time, so I decided to kind of leave it till this week. Uh, it's a email by Yotaru Vegeta, um, subject titled, This is not a test this time. And it's a bit of a conundrum, really. Um... First off, it, I'm given like I think it's a GIF, but it doesn't play on the Yahoo. It doesn't play on the Google. Um, I think it played on my phone. It says "Domo gentlemen," so I think that's "Thank you, gentlemen." And then if you click on the picture, you take into a video called "Pupa Onichan," uh, which is 55 seconds long. Um, you know, what, I'll just send you a link at the same time. Of I don't even know what this is from, but it's this really disturbing video where. Um, a guy is making like noises like on a bed is an anime and meanwhile there's a girl who seems to be eating him um who's repeatedly saying oni chan oh no th- yeah it. it's from poopa what so is this a show where yeah oh, is pupa. This a little sister show yeah pupa is like his little sister becomes i forget how it is his little sister becomes infected with some kind of like um bug parasite thing um pupa is about parasites it's about it's kind of like your like parasite but mm-hmm. it's more grotesque in the sense ah. that like they become disfigured horrible abominations and his little sister becomes one of them and i think 
it's something along the lines, if I remember correctly, don't get, you know, people want to send me all the emails to correct me, that's fine. I think Pupa, if I remember correctly, is basically the brother's immortal, and his sister becomes infected, so he feeds himself to his little sister so that she doesn't have to eat other people? I think. Ah, right. That may not be the case at all. It may be he's just being eaten to death there. But I do know that it's, um, she is eating her brother in that case. Okay. uh, Yeah, it's definitely, it's a a grotesque anime. It's one of those. Right, one of those weird clicks. And I didn't even mention what the picture was straight away because I thought I'd save that to the end. It's that, it's the convergence moment. Um, I don't know if they have it in the manga. It's from Arrow Manga Sensei. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's the moment where they thought, yeah, this is that moment that will just be like, boom, twist, right? Like, our main character is walking with his laptop that folds over with Sigiri on a Skype call, so they're going on a, a little tour of the city. Mm-hmm. And then who should just jump into frame but, like, the cast from Ori Emo walk by them, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's, like, Kirino, Kuroneko... Uh, Salary and like Kyosuke just walking past him, right? And they're talking about his light novel that he wrote and stuff. And they they put they're placing this as if it's like a whoa, this is like a big moment for you guys. Like, did you know? Uh, and like, just wow, it takes place in the same world as Oroimo. Like, that's supposed to be a ah, just so basically that confirms that this is a world in which just like not just one guy, but like. Two guys, in fact, multiple guys in this world. Little sisters are just a thing in this world, in this universe that <laughs> or evil and Arrow Manga takes place in. Because it's like, oh, what a coincidence that this guy who writes a book with his little sister, you know, and is clearly in love with her, also takes place with Kyosuke. And then, like, Kyosuke walks past him and then, like, you know, like, turns for a second, like, hmm? And looks at this, like, the main character and they, they both kind of almost, like, exchange, like, a moment as if it's, like, oh, we're both kindred spirits. <laughs> we're both, like, <laughs> the same thing. And I'm just like, no! Yeah, anyway, it's that moment. So this this is thank you for your email, Yotaru Vegeta. It's a uh, domo indeed, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, that, that's pretty much all I got for that. All right. Yep. So let's get on into our industry news. And for my first piece, I actually... <laughs> funny you should mention <laughs> Aeromanga Sensei. Because yes. my piece of news is a little bit about that. So, uh, Mahoka Koko no Retose, which is one of my favorite animes ever, the regular at the Magic oh, yeah. High School, lost oh, yeah. Zero, which is an iOS and Android smartphone game. Kind of like one mm-hmm. of those, um, you know... Battle them, earn cards, kind of thing. A lot of oh, yeah. Japanese iOS games are these days really on the phone right now in Asia. Yes, yeah, these kind of games. Gotcha really games. Um, and in this one, they're currently doing a collaboration with Aromanga Sensei. Mm. Yes, uh, the collaboration will feature new reward cards for the in-game battle event, which is being called Kaiko Aromanga Sensei. Or Chance Meeting Aromaga Sensei, featuring uh, several characters from the Magic at the High School, which uh, 
that entailing Mayaka, Jumonji, and Asu or Asusa. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The yep. gacha is running until November the thirteenth, and a seven star uh, Shizuku and a six star Miyuki are available. You know, got star characters here. The mm-hmm. Aromanga Sensei Step Up Gacha is also offering eight star Mihikoko and uh, Izumi the until hell? November the fifteenth. So these are who's yeah, the these are all characters that? from the uh, from Mahoka. Oh right, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they're also offering free exclusive sub cards of an illustration of Sagiri. Wait, so the the card isn't even Sagiri; it's an illustration of her. Yeah, so it's basically the characters in it are not at all the. The characters from Aromanga Sensei, they're just dressing up and looking like them. For instance, oh, yeah, like. Okay, uh, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like so it, it's not actually them, it's the cost. Oh, okay. Yes, because this is, this is also an anime. Mahoka was also an anime that featured a brother and sister couple with a little sister who. Uh, right. The little sister in this case, of course, was infatuated with her brother, and the brother yes. is mm-hmm. basically designed to love his sister and have no other emotions. Uh, wait, you mean in Mahoka? Yeah, Mahoka. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Because I do remember um, Dengeki Bunko, the, the little sister is actually a playable fighter in that game, and she does talk about her brother quite a lot, actually. Especially if she beats Kirino in a fight. Um... My, well, I suppose if they were to take one thing, the costumes, eh, they're alright, I guess. But I, I don't really think they should sully. I, I mean, like, they, they shouldn't really associate themselves, but I, I guess it's what's up to them, what they want to do. I, oh, wow, just that Because it's Dengeki Bunko, so they could associate with absolutely anything else. Like, I bet SAO wasn't off the table. But they chose, they chose this. This is happening. Um... Well, it's sort of online. There's no real connection. I mean, there's not a brother and sister who love each other. Are you I, talking about? Oh, wait, yeah, wait a second. <laughs> isn't that, it, oh, well, actually, but you know, like, isn't the costumes? You know, like, wouldn't it be cool to see the main guy wearing like Kirito's costume and like the main little sister wearing Asuna's costume? You know, wouldn't that work? Because because it's an action show and this is an action show, so like. <laughs> I don't even think this the outfit Izumi wears is really that distinct. It's fine to have that turquoise hoodie thing that Sagiri wears. Admittedly, if I was to say something was good, I think that I, that costume's quite cute, actually, to be fair. But looking at this picture, but nah, the the suit that the guy wears, that jumper, he he just no. He's supposed to be really cool and overpowered, like you've described though as well. Oh yeah, this um, guy. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's exceptionally overpowered. Yeah. He's one of the most don't powerful characters. Don't want to be Izumi then, because Izumi is a weak. He's weak, man. It's, no. But that's the great He's thing. Not... They contrast, and they also like they share one thing in common, but everything else contrasts. So it's kind of amusing. <laughs> it's a you know a cool uh, event. Ah, it's, it's genius, right? They've, they've thought about this from all angles. Exactly. <laughs> I take it back. That's actually the best thing. I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give uh, Errol Manga Sensei ten out of ten now. Best show ever. <laughs> Uh, oh boy! <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, that that's my little piece of news. Is the is that uh, is that the mm. collab that's currently going on? It will be uh, lasting until sometime in mid November. Mm. Good promotion. Good promotion. Well downloaded. Would download again. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. 
yep. Um, I guess I, I guess I'm up. Hmm. Um. Okay. So, uh, my my one piece of news today is a Japanese girl says a、uh, school forced her to dye her hair black, and she's also now, as a result, suing the school. Um,、mm. So yeah, a schoolgirl is suing this school for forcing her to dye her hair black,、um, and despite it being actually naturally brown, a lightish brown color.、Um, her mother said,、um, you know, actually telling her mother,、uh, the the actual school itself told the mom at our school, even a blonde foreign exchange student would have to dye their hair black.、Uh, the 18 year old girl、uh, has naturally light brown hair, was forced to dye her. Hair black constantly,、um, but it wasn't good enough for some of the staff as they instructed her to dye it at least once every four days.、Um, when she enrolled, the mother did inform the school that her hair is that color to put that into consideration, but the teachers were insistent that her hair、uh, matched the school's dress reg- regulations. Eventually, submitting, she did dye her hair black until she actually started to develop scalp rashes.、Mm-hmm. Um, So, but she was still given that ultimatum of dye her hair black or quit school. So eventually,、uh, like last September, the girl actually did stop coming to school altogether.、Um, the school told her mom that the school that those rules have to be followed without exception. Um, which um, the girl's family, for their part, maintains it is tantamount to bullying. And the girl is now su-、uh, suing Kaifukan Kaifukan High School of. Ha Habi Kino City in Osaka for two point two million dollars, two point two million yen in damages, which is about the equivalent of two U.S. dollars,、um, along with an apology. According to her lawyer, the girl's name、um, was taken off the school register, and her seat in the classroom was also removed, effectively making essentially making her that、uh, character from the horror anime Another.、Um, Actions her、um, lawyer describes as an excessively cruel response to make.、Uh, the school hasn't decided to comment at all on this, but Osaka city government is seeking to dismiss the case altogether with the courts. I bet. And yeah, of course they're going to be taking the school side.、Um, but、um, this case has generated some outrage from Japanese citizens online. So I'm just going to read just a few quotes from some angry,、uh, angry people. Some of them, and I quote, were "fucking Osaka again." I didn't really know they had that such a sort of reputation, but there you go. Come on, at least give the exchange students a break. Are there still still schools like this around? Thought the story was from thirty years ago for a moment. If an African if an African was attending, would they make them straighten their hair?、Ooh. The fact that <laughs> yeah, the fact they are still stuck thinking anyone with brown hair is a delinquent pretty much demonstrates what kind of fools are. Old fools are running the school, so yeah. yeah, this is a special case to be to be honest,、um, because like the school, I believe, I think when you check up on it, had like the policy of like you're not allowed to dye your hair, but there's like an exception in this case because it's not black. So, like, I get it. They have that those rules where like if you're a delinquent, you dye your hair and stuff. But like, she's not dyeing her hair; it's her natural color. It's It feels like it, this is like fiction. This feels like an Onion article in some ways, but just not a very funny, funny Onion article.、Uh, it's not. It's not a Funion. It's not a Funion article exactly.、Um, yeah, very backwards. I gotta say, but you know, I, I don't know much about Osaka.、Um, when they say 
when the quote said Osaka again, I thought, oh, so this sort of thing happens often in Osaka. Um, I, I know, like in anime, that the more countryside-ish kind of location, but so maybe they're more traditional. Perhaps. I mean, if it's a public school, as far as I know, you can't do that. If it's a private school, then you're abiding by their terms, and you have to do what they say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't actually know if it is a public or private school, actually. Um, I don't know. Seems pretty open and shut here. I wonder what's going to happen, being that the actual, you know, the local council seems to be on the school's side, so I don't know if they can get it dismissed before the lawsuit actually goes to court. Well, it's um, a third party will have to intervene at that point. And because if they're taking the side, it's because the school resides in that prefecture. So the prefecture obviously wants it dismissed, but the prefecture can't have its way because their courts have no say in the matter because they're a party to it. They have to remain outside of the bounds of that law. And the third party that shows up can be a different prefecture or the government of Japan actually coming in with their court system and basically deciding the case. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how a man who owns businesses in a state, like New York State, then is sued by one of his employees because of like sex- sexual harassment, because that's a topic of nowadays. Um, uh-huh. And then the city moves into, or the state moves in to say, no, you can't because, you know, this is a, you know, we want this dismissed or something like that because the, let's say that the company pays a lot of money to the state. And then the federal government with the Supreme Court comes in and basically says, fuck you, you have no say in that. Right, they have the end-all, be-all on the matter. The Supreme Court sounds, uh, yeah, I've, he- I've heard from, I've heard about them before. So they're the, the yeah, they're the top, yeah, they're top dogs. When something goes through mm-hmm. them and it gets approved, let's say, for instance, if for some reason Trump's travel ban were ever made to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said, yes, he has the power to do it, no other judge could do anything else. He could, no judge could do like what Hawaii does right now, where it just is like, Nope, blocking it, blocking it, because then the Supreme Court would be like, you're no longer a judge, get out of here. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so yeah, they, I, they I have the final mm-hmm. say in all legal matters. Yeah. So, any further thoughts on this case, though? I suppose? I wish her the well, I wish her the best, but if it is a private school, I do think that the case will probably be dismissed. Ah, fair enough, yeah. It's a bit of a shame be honest but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okie dokie with that said I think we can get into our I'm thinking this is probably the final week of previews yep I think so uh, I initially thought I, I have, have a lot of shows that I had watched but there's actually less to say a lo- uh, about a lot of them so I think I'm just going to um, round them off like in my IRL section next week like in a sentence like I did last season okay alright yeah. it's fair uh, but since you have two and I have one again, I'll let you begin us off. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of movie. Okay. Uh, today's first catch of the day will be Kujira no Korowa Sajo ni Utao, or Whale Calves Sing on the Sand, Tales of the Whale's Calves. What a weird name. Or simply Children of the Whales, which is what I'm going to go by. Uh, what looks to be the start of some sort of adventure epic that sort of 
for some reason has shoujo tag in my anime list for some reason. Unless it drastically changes post episode 1, let's pencil this under um, anime tags that are usually bullshit that I think I've made in the past. If not, I'm making the argument now. Anyway, our story takes place in an unspecified time on what looks to be an endless ocean of sand, where our protagonist lives in a utopian settlement upon a large floating island known as the Mud Whale? Or is it Sand Whale? I can't remember now. Anyway, the first scene is a funeral with uh, a creditless opening, which I got to admit is a good way of making your show look just a touch more classy in my eyes. It's like the anime is saying, we've got some really cool shit to show you from the start that we think uh, we can save the standard opening stuff for later episodes because you'll... We know you'll be back, wink wink. Anyways, the first thing you'll likely notice from the ceremony first is that the deceased looks incredibly young, and yet everyone appears more solemn than grief-stricken, given the tragedy of a, a young death usually has in, in regards to our world. The second thing is that weird magical energy circles appear around the casket before it's levitated into the air and cast into the sea of sand. Convenient burial method, uh, I guess. It is then that Chakuro, our 14-year-old brown-haired protagonist, begins crying. Well, he narrates to us that in his culture it's bad luck to do so, at least at a funeral, and it is then that it's reinforced by the people around him telling him not to. Something about spirits or something beckoning him, beckoning him into the sand if he does cry, or some superstition, it really doesn't matter. Anyway, our protagonist works as an archivist, which is an odd job given the kind of person he is. See... On the Gen Moran, 9 out of 10 people are born as, as what are known as the Marked. The Marked have the ability to use magical powers called Taimia, which causes uh, markings to appear on their bodies and whenever they're casting their powers, at, uh, which is hence their name. It works pretty much the same as how you would imagine telekinesis works, and the, uh, you would first think that one of the, the 1 in the 9 people that are not marked would be the unlucky ones, except for the slight detail that they are not long-lived, while the marked are that they are long lived, while the marked are short lived, dying between the ages of twenty and thirty on average. This is why it would seem odd for people who have special powers and a short life like Chakuro to be an archivist, where neither of his traits are suited. But it is something the boy is obsessed with, as he explains. We learn a bit more about his life on this island, how he's friends with this blonde-haired girl called Sammy and her older brother So. Um, who is unmarked and looking for some means to increase the lifespans of the marked before actual stuff starts happening and they spot another island in the distance. Chakro is part of the initial scouting party and he comes across a weird ferret-looking thing obviously voiced by a person, along with a tan girl with bright green hair surrounded by swords. This is apparently a very big thing as the people of the sand whale have never come across a live person on another island before. So after a weird first meeting where the girl attempts to kill Chakuro before pressing, I mean before passing out, she is uh, brought back to the island and submits herself as a prisoner. Meanwhile, another set of characters are introduced known as the Bowel Moles. Uh, they are called this because the prisons on this island are known as the Bowels, where Taimia doesn't work, and they are called moles because of how often they are sent there. Basically, it's a group of young delinquent types led by the ponytailed cool type character called Oni who are all interested in leaving this island, and with word of a new person from another island reaching them, the group becomes interested in abandoning the island for good. Cut back to the new girl, now named Likos, uh, being uh, inter interrogated by the village elders and Chakuro spying from the window outside. A bunch of foreboding stuff is said that is obviously set up for later threads in the episodes, before Oni breaks in and ends up kidnapping Likos and Chakuro at the same time. The episode ending with the free sailing off towards the island they initially went to. Starting what looks like to be a real adventure, I can only assume or hope.
So uh, overall, the first episode was eh. It's not necessarily bad anywhere, but there are times which the story and presentation is a bit cliche. The main character is a youth from an almost perfect society, whereby the normies are passive by nature, while he is the overly emotional and sensitive types, with the traits that are different from the norm. He meets a girl who is the complete opposite of him, of course, that being Lycos, who is a stone-cold emotionless uh, girl, and she is all vague and mysterious. When asked things like, what is your name? And did you feel pain? She responds with, I lack that. So... I can only conclude that most of the effort here is in the world building, with the characters and story so far coming off as a little bit too standard. What might be more damning though is how it also reminds me of yet another anime I've only seen one episode of that I'd be more inclined to watch more of being Gurren Lagann. I mean, the main character is in the role of Simon, or Simon or whatever it is, the wide-eyed young naive type who is, after an encounter with an outsider girl, Leaves, uh, leaves their isolated community along with the strong leader type, in this case Oni, to explore the world, world outside. Except I can already say, having seen both episode 1 of that, none of these characters have anything on Gurren Lagann's cast. Least of all Kaz- uh, Kamina, but I'm getting off track here. I'm aware that they are hinting at a big twist in the story, and I'm already guessing that it's actually that this whole takes place in our world since the island they found Lycos in has tin cans on it, which hints at some sort of factory or manufacturing process, as well as the writing on her clothes being in English, but that's not really a pro or con until it actually happens. This was also really difficult to summarise, as the episode is really bloated by expositional dialogue given to you by Chakro in the form of narration, most of the details being in his descriptions and how the world works. You're in for uh, the structure for... Uh, at least for episode 1, you'll see something that's a bit off from our perspective, such as Chakro reacting to a character's slightly bruised wrists for his narration, and then then he'll explain it, um, that the people of their culture lace their hands together in order to keep their feelings in if they're about to become emotional, and then another shot to confirm what he's talking about. I've heard critiques already about this show being slow-paced, and despite a decent amount actually happening overall in the first episode, I think this is what largely contributes to this feeling. I don't really feel that immersed or able to draw myself into their uh, supposedly fascinating world because while some of it is being shown, you see little beyond what is being actually told. It's like the anime equivalent of being on a holiday tour group where the guide is spouting uninteresting details like he's taking general knowledge tests. Except, unlike on a tour group, I am forced to look at what he's talking about instead of wandering freely and taking photos of the actually cool shit. Now, at first you may think that this approach is lazy and makes you feel more like a passive observer of this world. And you would be absolutely right, in, because this only works if he was saying absolutely batshit crazy things. Like, if the narrator said something like, in this world, people are born from exploding cats. See, then this boring style would have my attention, because that's what he's saying is actually interesting, especially if it had visual support. Speaking of which, that is the one aspect of the show which actually, in which my issues with Sandy Dick seem to be concealed beneath. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty visual show overall. Characters really pop out of the background uh, of dull desert colours due to their bold colours. And there's a f- very fantasy storybook-like feel to it all with the subtle textures applied over visual elements like the sky sometimes looking a bit like a canvas. The character design is also decent and the animation is serviceable, although never really wild, uh, you know, wild me at any point. The examples of CG used for things like the desert ocean were also not too distracting as how other anime tend to lazily use generated animation. 
I don't really have a good way of winding down this preview. I thought it was pretty standard and while I'm not against watching more sometime, I'm not in any rush to do so. So given the content of the first episode, um, it goes into the old back burner for now, I guess. To be picked up again, maybe after I've watched Gurren Lagan, which I'm still meaning to watch more. And that's about it. Yeah, I'd definitely say finish up Gurren Lagan if that was your opinion on this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say the structure is very similar. Like when when you think about it, it's just you know he's on an island and he's gonna escape from the island and there's a leader type, but they're just not as interesting. Like and the the characters and I said this show looked good, but Goran Lagan's episode one looked really good. Like the animation looked amazing throughout it. Oh yeah. So, right. Kamina's already great in episode one, so can't wait to see what else he does. All right. Then I will get into my preview, which is of the second season of Three Gatsu no Lion, which mm-hmm. continues off where we begin in the first episode, where the our main character, Ray, uh, who is currently in his school, and he's in the club that he had joined last season, where it's a science club turned, um, turned shogi. Basically, he is uh, teaching the teachers and the, and the other members of the classroom and having a good time doing it. Um, eventually, he, <laughs> he's, uh, he's having some banter with them and he's explaining to them that the feeling of that feeling of frustration and anxiety of losing will never go away. At which point his teacher asks him whether or not he has fun playing shogi. Um, at this point, Ray kind of freezes up and drifts away for a moment because uh, he realizes that maybe he doesn't have fun playing shogi because it's become a job for him, because that's how he survives. Uh, basically, for anyone who doesn't remember, Three Gatsu no Lion is about a shogi player, a professional shogi player by the name of Ray. And Ray has had a lot of troubles in his life. Uh, Spoilers, in the first season we learned that his father, his mother, and his little sister all died tragically in a car crash, leaving him alone. He was taken in by a friend of his father who was disgruntled at the, or disgusted at the uh, actions of all the relatives who didn't want to take him in. However, this friend of his father was a very good shogi player and recognized that Ray two, was an extremely proficient shogi player. He ended up taking in Ray as a son, and Ray kind of beat down his other two siblings, a daughter character who was the top-tier shogi player in the family, and a uh, little brother who, at the same time, wasn't that great, was still striving to keep up. And with Ray's appearance the family kind of recognized that he was the best. And so the father dedicated a ton of time and attention to Ray, something that his sister and his brother didn't really care for. His brother kind of pulling back from life and turning into a neat hikikomori, and the sister kind of not really playing anymore, and in the end kind of whoring herself out to this really professional shogi player who's also a bit of a dick. Oh. Yeah, she's also a bit of a stalker in that sense. 
uh, oh. following yeah following that other character. But Ray really cares for her, and there's a lot of drama that happened in his past where it's hinted that perhaps this uh, sister character um, by the name of uh, uh, Kyoko may have at one point forced herself upon Ray, and that. Wow. Uh, she does continually visit Ray every now and then when she needs to find a place to just settle down in. And there are probably some emotions that she, or feelings she has for Ray. However, Ray also has kind of a secondary family. These three sisters who all live in this nearby neighborhood and watch over him. Because one day Ray had. Uh, come out of a shogi match and gone to a bar with a couple other shogi players who ended up getting him a little too drunk. And the... uh, I forget what they call them, but basically one of the girls there who looks after their patrons. Not a waitress, but, you know, the... Something girls. I forget what they call them. It's... uh, Feel girls? No. Comfort girls. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So one of the comfort girls there, I think that's the correct term, maybe it's not, but in any case, the uh, girl there whose uh, name of uh, Akari, whose aunt ran the bar, uh, took him in, and one of the other little sisters, um, one of her little sisters named Hinata, really likes Ray, and Momo, who is this adorable uh cute female character who is voiced by uh, Misaki Kuno, who plays her voices a lot of younger female characters and has this really, really high-pitched, um, very adorable voice that kind of makes you fall in love with any character she voices. So that's one of the things. This anime has superb voice acting. But not only the voice acting is superb, the animation is beautiful. It's done by Studio Shaft, who I'm sure all of us recognize. Mm-hmm. And while Shaft is known for being a bit out there with their animation, they do well with this one, where they do a lot of scenery, and they cut to a lot of angles of characters, and there's a lot of emotion that goes into weight and emotion that goes into the animation that you can really feel come through. It doesn't just, you know, say it like, oh, Ray is feeling bad. It shows you Ray is feeling bad with this wave of blackness that fills him, and his whole character becomes, like, filled with water. And it's just like, you get it, because that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. And this anime is also really good at playing with your emotions. Because one episode will be just happy and go lucky. And, you know, maybe it gets serious when Shokugeki or Shokugeki, when, Sho- when Shogi's going on. And then the next episode, Ray's crying himself to sleep because he saw Momo hurt herself, which made him think of his little sister. And uh. so it definitely twists your emotions like that. But in this first episode, of the second season, all we see is Ray teaching this club, and then the club kind of switches after they watch a match uh, between one of the top shogi players ever uh, against this other shogi player who's a nine, uh, ninth Dawn, Dan? Ninth Dan. And uh, uh, shogi players out there will, I'm sure, will understand. I mean, if Ichigo were here, he'd be like, oh, yes, this. That means he did this, because I think Ichigo yeah. uh, understands... Uh, those types of tears. I don't really mm. get it. 
Yeah, that um, goes over my head. Yeah, all I know is that these are two very professional shogi players, and they watch the match go on, the two characters eating, and then they talk about um, food for your brain, and that the highest, most powerful player currently, that he's not actually having sugar, that's not sugar cubes, that's glucose that he's putting into his tea, which he then places Mm -hmm. lemon in, and like the science teacher uh, or science club leader is explaining what he's doing. Uh, while they still think it's sugar, which sugar and glucose are two different things, um, they're similar. And then mm-hmm. they actually go on to make something very similar. They make uh, ramune, which is this like sugary glucose candy in Japan. And wow. uh, and they make it, and Ray has fun, and he actually is like, wait, wait a second, am I am I having fun at school? I'm I'm mm-hmm. having fun at school, and this is because this Ray character is a you know rather depressing character. He's had a lot of drama in his life, and he still has a lot of drama. But maybe things are looking up for him. I don't want to give out too much hope because I know another episode could come along, and all of a sudden, you know, Ray's at home again, crying himself to sleep because uh, oh. you know you know something terrible happened. But at the same time. I think it's going to focus less on the drama from his past and maybe towards the future and it will become a bit more serious with the drama where it's um, it, not that it wasn't serious last season, but it will be serious in the sense that it will focus more on this struggle that the Shogi players have that this is their life and every single match they have is them performing and earning money which will feed their family or... Yeah not and you know that hurts or it could be their last match ever and they just want to go out on a win but ray doesn't want to lose and so he can't so it's one of those and it's i think it's building up to a match that i don't know if it'll be official or not but i think ray will eventually or at least i'm hoping i'm really hoping because ray and the top shogi player in the anime look extremely similar. They have basically the same character style. The only difference is that their hair color. The main character's hair, Ray, is black, pitch black. While our other character, this top shogi player, is white. Like a mm-hmm. bleached white. Um, ah. <laughs> kind of reminds me of like the number one guy from Shokugeki no Soma. Then, if he's like bleached white. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um... Mm-hmm. and it that's this other thing is that the animation does really well and everything's kind of believable even though it took me a little bit of a while to get used to the mouths because the mouths kind of have these corners that are always open but that's mm. when i looked in a mirror i was like that's realistic because there are those little dimples mm-hmm. on the sides of your yep. mouth that kind of are always open and yeah. so it's it's pretty it's pretty good and i'm excited for more uh, three Gatsu no Lion, or March Comes In Like a Lion, the English title. It sounds like, not by the nature of like explicit content, but it does sound like a very mature sort of story. Uh, it definitely is. I if mean, you're yeah. one of those people that just wants to, you know, have a good laugh, maybe this isn't for you. Like, you'll definitely have a good laugh, because there are a lot of jokes be- to be had, and there's a lot of comedy, but at the same time, that comedy can turn on its head, and all of a sudden... You know, you're looking at a flashback of Ray walking into the morgue and seeing his little sister dead 
on the wow. table. That's so real. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. I didn't know they'd go that far and actually show. Oh yeah, that, oh. that's one of the things. Like in the first season, uh, Ray is uh, taking care of Momo, who had hurt herself, and he has this. Uh, you know, he sees a flashback of his little sister, and he starts crying. And Momo's, you know, this little girl character. He then leaves, and Momo, being a little girl, tells the other two sisters, like, you know, I didn't cry, but Ray started crying a lot like big tears and the older female character is you know very silent and she knows what happened so she and you know the middle character hinata is like really why why did ray cry and you know akiri uh, the older female character is like well that's probably because he at one point had a little sister too and then we see a flashback where Ray, as a little kid, has walked into the morgue, and there's his dead mother, his father, and his sister, all covered with a white sheet, and he's, like, uh, you know, talking about their cold, spotted, stiff corpses laying on the table. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty heavy. <laughs> pretty heavy content, man. But yeah. Uh, do you get the... One last question. Do you get the shaft head tilt at any point? Do you know what I'm talking about? Not... As much like they still do things with angles and whatnot, but they don't really do the head tilt thing. What they do mm-hmm. more is they do the like I said, they do backgrounds. They do, um, they do this like they'll do art that just changes randomly. Or like at one point you're watching this hand drawn beautiful art, then the next scene you're watching this more of like a crayon st- style art. Then the next scene, you're watching something that's more likened to like a CG art, that kind of thing. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it changes, but for the most part, it is that hand-drawn, beautiful animation. Then the crayon stuff is more of like the cutesy, like ah, chibi moments, and then you have the uh, th- CG stuff, which is basically when they do sh- uh, shoji or uh, uh, shoji, where the they're explaining it, and they always explain it using these cat characters. Where, like, these, like, mm-hmm. cats will come up and, like, you know, the king characters carrying, like, a, a golden fish, and you have, like, the rooks and the silver general, and I, you know, I've never played Shoji in my entire life, but uh, it's, it's supposed to help you learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make things easier. So, yeah. Definitely good. Definitely gonna continue it. Um... Anyone who's looking for something a bit more mature, uh, maybe you like shoji, maybe you like drama, uh, maybe you like comedy and you're willing to put up with a little drama, definitely give Three Gatsuno Lion a look. But Sounds definitely st- start with the first season. If you haven't seen the yeah. first, watch it because there will be some references they make to the first right in the first episode of the second that you will not get unless you've seen the first. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I have meaning. I have been meaning to. It is on the to do list, similar to I guess Gurren Lagan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I'm can finish choice. up Gurren Lagan before you get to this one. Ah, it's okay. still it's mm-hmm. still very good, but I think Gurren Lagan is better in its own right. Mm. This is I definitely see. more of a slower pace. Not, you know, it won't go as fast. Yeah, very different genres. I must say. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. very different. Yep. Yeah, it's also, but it's like, I guess it's an example of two studios doing what they kind of do best, and that you know, like Gurren Lagann's, I believe, studio Trigger, and they do like that really big, over the top action set piece sort of anime, like Kill the Kill, 
and then like you got Shaft that do all these kind of expressive. Yeah, yeah. There's no Giga Drill Breakers in Three Gods in No Line. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> they should do a crossover like that. It makes more sense than the Mahoka and the Aeromanga Sensei. They should do a crossover between those two. Nah, nah. <laughs> now Lucky Star had a good crossover with uh, with oh. with Grunt Lagan. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. I, I actually remember seeing Konata wearing cameos. Oh no, yeah. she hasn't. Uh, it's not where she's wearing, but she's describing the anime because they're talking about the dentist. And oh, that's then right. Then she mm-hmm. she's like, doesn't you know men with drills and pretty ladies like kind of get you excited in some kind of way? Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. That's and like at, yeah. at one point, like they did a they did like this YouTube uh, video where it, like cut to certain scenes from Gurren Lagann, and like she's like, oh, pretty ladies, and it cuts to um, it cuts to Yoko? Yoko. And, yeah. like, then the drill, and it's like, you got the drill, break. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Alright. Cool. So, yeah. what do you have so, for our last preview of 2017 fall season? Okay. So, rounding out this season's lot of previews, we've come to Shoujo Shimatsu Ryoko, Ryoko Buu, or Girls Last Tour. And at least from watching episode one, I thought it was actually pretty good. Surprisingly so. Hmm. I'll start by explaining the premise and what it's about, as that actually shouldn't take too long given the kind of show this is. The world seems to have ended, and not in a nice way seemingly, as humanity seems to have wiped itself out through war. However, based off the motifs and items on display, it seems to have been around World War II times that this has actually happened. Uh, but as the line from Jurassic Park states, cute girls will find a way. Speaking of which... <laughs> I don't think anime... that's how that line goes. <laughs> oh, wait, did, I, did I mispronounce? I thought it was something like that. It was like the Richard Attenborough guy. Yeah, the British guy says it. <laughs> but speaking of which, this anime uh, features two characters. Cute, cute girls will uh, find a way. <laughs> oh, that's, that was uh, Jeff Goldblum, eh? I, I can tell yeah. because of the pauses. Yeah, do a good Jeff Goldblum. Thank yeah. you. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> cute girls, uh, will, uh, 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 but, but, will find a way. No, I can't do it. Never mind. I, I made it sound a bit Shatner at the end. Speaking of which, uh, this anime features two characters, Yuri and Chito, two, ca- uh, two girls that would seem to be the last two people left in the entire world. They wonder what's left of the civilization on their bulky Kettenkrad motorbike, with the episode being split into two story chapters. The first half introducing the two characters and their dynamic as they navigate a dark and gloomy factory-like facility. And the second half, called War, starts off with a bit of target practice before showing the girls scavenging for supplies on what's left of a battlefield uh, strewn about with broken planes and tanks. That's pretty much it. Told you it wouldn't take too long, but it it is in its execution that I'd say this episode actually succeeds. There is a story underneath the surface, as we do see Chito, the sensible one of the duo, dreaming about the battleground she and Yuri were sent away from by some man before the events of this episode took place, and her waking up with tears in her eyes. Still, this is not the focus, at least for now, and it is more of an experience sort of show where you drink up the environment and setting, and in contrast to the sand wheels, I must say they've done that pretty well, actually. The scenes that build up the setting before slowly revealing the vehicle and the characters in the industrial compound with all the details like the bolts rolling on the little floor um, with the opening female choir kicking in really impressed me. 
it, it kind of got the cinematic vibe from it uh, actually most times during it and I can really get the picture of many of these shots throughout the show being sub- sequentially storyboarded and considered for whatever would give the audience a better picture of the environments and the characters in it. Honestly, this is the sort of show that I really think benefits from having the two main characters being these two chibi-esque cute girl style characters. The scenarios and and things the characters are forced to talk about are inherently depressing when one considers the context of it all, but there is also just something hopeful about how the two make the best of every scenario. Kind of like how that one happy moment in the film Grave of the Fireflies where they capture a bunch of fireflies in their makeshift tent uh, was a nice little reprieve. I think the key point hiding among all the waffling here is that the show seems to have a good sense of balance uh, down quite well without any overla- uh, overplaying or downplaying of its elements in any bad way. The girls do have their moe moments, I guess, but it never goes into gag comedy-like scenes where the background changes, so it never felt like they were pandering. No matter how they act, they are still in this desolate environment that doesn't even have any animals, seemingly, neither rats in the facility or birds outside. On the flip side, while the girls in their childlike fashion question why people had a war that led everybody to have to live in this state, uh, it's not very heavy-handed in the way it drills its message into your head. It is merely a show that conveys a set of moods, and as simple as that may sound, it's pretty effective in doing so. This is almost all owed to the visual presentation of it all, the animation is minimal but decent, but the attention to detail that I touched upon earlier, as well as the angles they chose to compose their shots from, go a long way in setting this feeling that it is isolating, yet warm. I I was concerned during one point where I thought the anime was going to be all CG at the start, when some of the opening shots looked pretty obviously done by that mm-hmm. uh, method, but luckily uh, it's only for a few distant shots, and I don't particularly mind it being used for the vehicle that they drive overall. What's more, the, there really is room for this to go in multiple ways. I reckon I'm either in for 12 episodes of this somber buddy road trip sort of show, where they see various sights, or the show will actually go a little dark. And the consequences of being the last people on Earth may end up catching up with them in the end. There was a little bit of this episode where the creators seemed to be playing with my expectations that it could go dark, so it seemed that they are very aware that this is actually a possibility. I am treating it as a good, sh- uh, as a good show to take the mood down slightly before going to sleep at night. I can already say that this show is not for everyone, to be sure, as people may be off-put by how it's plot if it even has one, is not shoved straight in your face with a, like, we ha- we need to drive to this place and sort out this sort of problem uh, approach. And I suppose maybe in your case, I'm guessing um, it has no female cast, so, um, you know, maybe that might not be appealing. You mean it yeah. has no male cast? Yeah, it's just uh, it's just two girls, so yeah. maybe that also might be... Oh, I thought you said it has no female cast, but you said it has an all-female cast. Yeah, all-female cast, yes. Ah, uh, there we go, okay. It's just two girls... In the in a desolate, empty world, so do they have you know. one cup? <laughs> no, they. I, well, no, actually, no. There's a scene where they drink soup and they they have two cups. So, <laughs> okay. no, unfortunately, thank goodness, no, none, none of that, none of that happens. <laughs> but yeah, in in my case, this was a decently strong first episode, and I'm interested to see where it's going with it all. Uh, so yeah, that was girls' last tour. So did they explain why everyone else is dead? Other besides, like, 
it can't be that everyone else stabbed themselves to death. Like, is there like a chemical that was used or nuclear warfare or something? They have very lightly touched upon it, only in that flashback sequence where the girl was sleeping. It's sort of indicated that quite a bit of time has passed since the war ended. Um, so there could very well be some people just somewhere in this world somewhere, I guess. Um, I don't know if there's any chemical weaponry, but um, it's just hinted that most of it was via bombing and shoot, you know, bombing and tanks and stuff, you know. And who knows, like, maybe they're just on one continent where, like, all the battles took place and maybe, like, all the way in America or something, if there is an America in this world, everything's normal, you know. It just sort of depends, but as it is, it's like they are completely alone in this, in what's like. It, it sounds, yeah, it definitely sounds like they're, it's like, I mean, how far have they traveled? Have they gone very far? Um, well, they seem very used to it, right? So, it, do you, and they, they talk about going to refueling points or trying to find refueling stations or whatever. So, there's a sense that they've been at this for quite a while. The vehicle kind of goes quite slowly, though. It goes on a little leisurely pace because... There's no like a, it's not like a two seater. There's like a bit at the back where the other girl um, Yuri lies down, and the girl at the front just drives. So it's like a like, hmm. a, like a little wagon car. It's got caterpillar tracks as well, so that it can oh, go okay. upstairs. And yeah, so it's it's actually a slow moving vehicle. So they're very slowly traveling from some place to another. But it's sort sort of implied that they've been going for quite a while. They've been through like facilities, compounds, outsides, and some frozen waste. Well, f- so far a lot of frozen wasteland. Sheesh. I'd actually be worried if it was nuclear warfare, because if it was like, yeah. for instance, say they're traveling through Chernobyl, for instance, then, mm-hmm. you know, Chernobyl's still pretty highly irradiated in some points. And if you hang around there long enough, you're going to get radiation sickness. Oh, gosh. Which, yeah. you know, it, that could be where it's going to go with the darkness is that, yeah, they're uh, in a yeah. nuclear winter and that mm-hmm. they are dying from from uh, mm-hmm. poisoning. Eventually, yeah. like, maybe they find civilization, but oh no, it's too late. They're both dead. That actually could totally happen as well. That's a good, because I I do have a, f- a slight feeling that it's going to end in a very somber, like, oh, they just slowly drift away and they don't wake up again sort of thing. But it would actually be even more sad if they do, like you said, come across other people and it's too late. Oh, that would, yeah. That'd be so bad. But it would, it'd be so sad, I mean, but it's yeah, very, Yeah, I can very imagine... Possible. If they do something like that, how they're going to introduce the fact is that maybe, like, one of the girls starts coughing, and there's blood in her hand, and she doesn't show it to the other girl or something like that. And Uh then she passes out, and the other girl is trying to get her friend, and, like, she's starting to suffer, too, and she sees civilization, she reaches there, but, nope, they both die in the bike or something. Or maybe, like, the civilization sees them, and they're both dead in the bike. Mm. Or maybe even the civilization was actually a hallucination as they're dying. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, but for now, anyway, they're they're making the best of the scenario. <laughs> anyway, as sad as it may seem, um, you know, they still have those slight moe moments, like I said, but never goes full out. It's still All always right. in their environment. Yep. So yeah. Okay. Good show. Good show. <laughs> All right, then I think that does it for another episode of Anime Pulse and our final week of previews for the fall 2017 season we're already like five episodes in for most shows um and i think we can then get back into reviews which Mm -hmm. i have not too many left before i have to start worrying about what i'm going to be doing but 
Mm. Hey, what do you know? It's December next week, or it's December next month, and guess what that means? Winter previews. Oh wow! Already? Jeez, yeah, it's yeah, it's December next month. <laughs> yeah, that's true. My gosh, I can't believe it's this month has passed by. So, like, I mean, the last two months, I mean, it's passed by so quickly. Jesus. I mean, if if we're going by stuff, only five more weeks of fall anime because, um, mm-hmm. or. F- Five, seven more weeks of fall anime because that's 12 episodes yeah yeah, yeah. wow yep yep so mm-hmm. a few more reviews then we're back to it and then i guess i guess because you also have your holidays around uh around christmas and stuff that might give you more time to like maybe watch and write a few more as well i guess oh definitely i will definitely be taking as much time as i can to do previews because i'll have that whole week off and while I will have a few doctor's appointments here and there, I'm going to be spending more time to anime and definitely more time to the show um, in the sense that those weeks when we're done for su- on Sunday, we'll just I'll just put the show out. I'll work on it that night and I'll get it done because I don't have to worry about waking up at 5 in the morning the next day. Yeah. Okay, that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds awesome. Alrighty then. So, as always... Thank everybody for listening and watching, and until next time, keep listening, keep watching, and keep the anime love strong. <laughs>